they said to us, tomorrow, bring your boots in early Sunday morning. And we all turned up, got on the bus. Next thing we're driving through, because the old Wembley, driving through the big gates. And next minute we're in the change room and there's a bar for every person. It's a big bar. Amazing. And next minute we're out playing against England. Welcome to the latest episode of Wearing the Red and Green. In this week's show, I speak to two former Royalists who are now living down under, Gary Churchhouse and Phil White. We discuss their periods at Stag Meadow, their careers in professional football, how Gary got to play against a full England side at Wembley Stadium, and how Phil eventually got to sign for his beloved Newcastle United. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, gents. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. It's great to great to have you both on. Yeah, nice, mate. It's, it's, it's a pleasure. Yeah. Now, listen, I've interviewed a former player that's based in America. So now I've got two that are in Australia. I'm guessing that we can now call this um, a global a global podcast show. So <laughs> so that's re- that's really good. But listen, it's great to have you both on. And now for the, you know, for the benefit of the listeners, um, Phil, you're now based in Melbourne and Gary, you're in Queensland. Um, so I guess the first inevitable question is like, how long have you both been out there and and what prompted your moves down under? Um, Phil, let's start, let's start with you. All right. So I, I've been released. I, I had a short period where I was playing at Newcastle United, but that, that's a bit of a long story how I ended up getting there. I got a couple of injuries and um, I was I, I got um, I started playing at Berwick Rangers in the Scottish Second Division, and uh, I, I went through the PFA, the Professional Footballers Association, to um, to look at contracts. I had lots of mates that were going to America. America was big news at the time, and you know players that had played the lower divisions and 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 some of the non-league uh, could make good money over there. So I applied to go, you know put clubs in in America, and I got a phone call. Um, I was on a I was on a Friday morning, and uh, there was a club over there called Columbus Waterside that needed a, a centre forward, and they said, "Look, are you interested in coming to New Zealand?" And uh, <laughs> I had no idea where New Zealand was, <laughs> and um, and uh, they said to me, "Look, if you want to come, we've got you booked on a plane tomorrow. Um, we're halfway through the season. We need you for eighteen games or whatever it, whatever it was. Um, there's a stopover in Hawaii." And as soon as he said that, I said, "Yeah, I'm." <laughs> I'm on the plane, <laughs> and that's uh, that's how I ended up in New Zealand. <laughs> love that, I love that. What about you, Gary? Um, yeah. Me, me mum's sister was there, and uh, they were at Takapuna. The the me three uh, cousins, Kevin Weymouth, Barry Weymouth, and Phil's probably heard of the Weymouths. Yeah, Barry played at North Shore and that, and and they said, "Do you want to come over? We're paid for you, all your airfares and." you know, give you a job at the club, you know, doing the grounds and whatever. I said, yeah, I'd love to. Went over and never regretted one one bit. It was absolutely brilliant. Loved every minute of it. Because I could go home as well at the yeah. end of the season and play for Hayes or South or whoever, which was good as well. And then they'd fly me back for the start of the season again. 
And I'd do that. I'd done that for five or six years. And it was absolutely brilliant. And then as you get a little bit older, you drop down a, a level. And I met my wife when I was oh, 30, 33, 34. Carried on playing until I was 40. I ended up at Glenfield and then retired when we had a child. And uh, Keith Garland said to me, because he was over in Aussie, and he said to me, do you fancy coming over? It's a great place to live. And I come over and he got me in the coaching and whatsoever. And we've been here for since 2000, yeah, 2000. So 23 years. But much as I love New Zealand, this this is a different different level. We love going back. We, we go back every couple of years to see all our friends in that. Yeah. We go on cruises over there and get off at each port because we've got friends that, all over the place. And it, that is absolutely amazing. You, you nearly miss the ship every time, but it's always nice to catch up with people. Yeah, nice. <laughs> so I'm going to start with um, your careers pre-Windsor to start off with. So where did you like? Where did you both start your careers, and how did you both end up at, at Stag Meadow? And and um, Phil, I'll start with you. Yeah, so I'm, um, Newcastle's my hometown, northeast of England, and. Um, there's, there's quite a famous boys club there called the Walls End Boys Club. Yes, I, Alan, Alan and Shearer been, and all those guys. Yeah, there. Shearer, Beardsley, Brucey, the the whole lot. The, the you know. Uh, so I, I I grew up that that era. But my boys club team was me and Steve Bruce. Believe it or not, was my striking partner. He was a, he wasn't a centre half in those days. He played. He was an either attacking midfield or played off me. Beardsley couldn't get a game because he was too small. Um, we had a we had a centre half called Rob Hindmarsh, who I think he was the youngest captain at Sunderland in the, in the old first division. Yeah. Um, Ian Laws at Nottingham Forest. Uh, hmm. Stevie Baker, who went to Southampton. Um, they were a year younger than us, but played in our team. So we had this fantastic boys club team, and we all we all went off. You know, when you turn sixteen and you you join clubs, I'd I'd been at Sunderland since I was fifteen. Which was a bit hard being a Newcastle boy and uh, having to play for Sunderland, but uh, <laughs> but I uh, it was the only club that would that, that would look at me at the time. So I uh, I started at Sunderland as you go through the, the the youth and the reserves, whatever, and then got released from there and went to and so when I went to Sunderland, Brucey went to Gillingham, and uh, the the manager of Gillingham, a guy called Jerry Summers, was there at the time. He remembered me and, and offered me a, a sort of a, a extended trial down at Gillingham. So I went down to Gillingham for a bit. And, you know, that, I, was, I was, what, 17 by then. And, uh, you know, there was no money in football in those days. And and in the third division in Gillingham, it's, it wasn't it wasn't the utopia that I was that that football uh, could have been. But anyway, it, uh, my brother, my brother, um, who was in the British Army, um, as an aircraft engineer, but he, he but he also played basketball for the army. And he used to travel all over the world. And I was I just remember we're, we're talking in a pub, and I was moaning about you know I was getting something like sixteen quid a week as a as a as a young as a young lad and in the in, in digs with a landlady and um, and he and he said, look, if you're not enjoying it, why don't you join the army, get a trade? If you play football for the army, you'll travel all over the world and. That just sounded appealing at the time, and that and that's what I did. So I, I joined I joined the army. I did six years in the British Army, 
and I, and I played for what you, the army and what they call the combined services, which is army, navy, RAF. Yeah. And and we travel all over the world, and we the the army has this competition called the Kentish Cup, where they play against the French army, the Belgian army, and occasionally the Dutch army, and all of those have national service. And the way that they get their young professionals, as in football professionals, through, in fact, all their athletes, for example, in 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 France, they have what they call the Jeanville Sporting Battalion, based just outside of Paris, and all of their footballers go there. And they don't have to serve 12 months solid. They can actually, there'll be a game. They can bring them in, do a month training, play the game, <laughs> and then travel back. And there's, you know, there's, there's sort of six weeks off their national, national service. So um, so to, so basically you are playing against either near enough the French under 23 side with a couple of couple of older pros yeah, yeah, yeah. and the Belgians and whatever. So the standard was incredible. And so to do, to train for all that, we used to play against a lot of the London clubs, uh, like Chelsea and, and, well, I said London clubs, but Chelsea, West Brom, we'd play against all the time. we play against Southampton. And and they'd put decent teams out. So we we were basically professional footballers in the army. And, um, and you sort of played wherever you were stationed. And um, so I was, I was in a little, little place called Borden in Hampshire, and I remember I played in uh, like a, like a, a preseason um, seven aside tournament for a little club called Petersfield United. And uh, while I was there, um, I scored a few goals. And uh, Waterlooville, who were in the southern, the, the, weren't the Southern Premier League, they were in the Southern League. But we 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 actually won that league that year, and then we actually came runners up and got promoted. But Waterlooville asked me to go and play for them. And so whenever I could, because in the army you're a little bit restricted on being there every week, yeah. there might have been something on that you had to go to. But um, so I, I, I played for Waterlooville. Um, then uh, Alf Colton, who was the coach in the army, who who was, uh, you know, uh, Jeff Chappell's coach, um, he, uh, uh, they, they asked me if... Um, because he had Chrissy Yates playing up front and uh and uh uh McCull um Ross McCulloch. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but he was he was injured and he was he was touch and go whether he could whether whether his injury would go. So anyway, they asked me if I'd go to Windsor and uh and play there. And of course, two of my really good mates, uh, Steve Butler and Dickie Briggs, were already there and um and that, and effectively, that's how I ended up. So I was sort of, I was around the fringes of the of the pro game, you know, reserve football. Yeah. Never played, never played in, in in that league. And then um, in a lot of non-league football and just wherever I stationed. And um, we, I, I know we we had a bit of an FA Cup run, and we 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 got to Brentford and then got absolutely slaughtered. But <laughs> in that Brentford team, bloody hell, they had. Um, uh, Stan Bowles, Chris Kamara, Terry Hurlock, yeah. um, Chopper Harris. I mean, <laughs> we, we were starstruck just 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 walking on the pitch. So, um, and then what happened was at the end of the league, at the end of that season, I'd been in the army for four and a half years, and the next step after that is you've got to sign for twenty two years, and like so, six to to twenty two is a, a bit of a bit of a leap of faith. Right. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And and because I'd been 
in the football world in the army. I wanted to go and see what the real army was like um, to, to decide whether I wanted to stay or not. And um, so I, I took a post into Germany um, and I played in um, I, I, I was in a little town called Detmold who were in the German probably fifth division in those days because he had, he had he had Bundesliga, Oberliga, and then regional Liga. They were in this regional Liga. Yeah. Um, so that was that was quite enjoyable. And um, uh, but then I realised the army being in the army and, and doing that. I could I mean I could have played football and then coached. I did all my coaching badges and things like that. I could have had a a world in the army playing football for twenty odd years. But that sort of wasn't me. And um, uh, Aldershot uh, invited me to go and train with them because we you know, were just down the road as in Borden and Hampshire. And we used to play Aldershot every now and again. And um, they they asked me to go and train with them. So I did all pre-season, started um, playing. And and they, uh, they, off, they, they were getting ready to offer me a contract. And then this thing about Newcastle United, that the that's just why I say it's a bit of a long story. Newcastle never used to take all the local lads. So like your Peter Beersley, Steve Bruce's, all these sort of guys. We we were we played for Newcastle schools and the county and things like that. But Newcastle United never used to invite us any of the the, the kids along. Mm. They'd rather bring kids in from from elsewhere. And but eventually Newcastle got smart. And the Warsend Boys Club guy that actually created this this boys club, his name's Peter Kirkley. Newcastle actually appointed him as the as the chief scout and the and the and the and the development manager. So he started to bring us all back. So you got Beardsley back from uh, Canada. Peter was in, in Canada at the time. Um, he got me back. He couldn't get Brucey. Brucey was still under contract. Uh, I think he yeah he was he was he was going to Norwich. He was in between Gillingham and going to Norwich. I think at the, at the time. Um, so there was a there was a whole bunch of us. There was a couple of others that you wouldn't know, but um, that that he actually got us uh, a, a a contract in Newcastle, even though it was just short term, just to see how we got on. Um, and then I got two bad injuries, and those those injuries were the things that, that put me out of it. And uh, and uh, that was at the end of it for me. And that that's and that, that's why I went to play for Berwick Rangers in the Scottish Second Division just to just to take it from there. But uh, so the injuries, the injuries got me, and still get me just about every day. <laughs> At least you got to pull on the black and white shirt, though, right? I mean, that's mm. that's still something massive for you know for anyone really to get to play for their their boyhood club. Oh yeah, yeah. And and my dad got to see me playing for Newcastle, even though it was the reserves. Um, and, and in fact, we 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 played Liverpool reserves down at Anfield. Uh, I've still got the program from that, and um, the Liverpool team, like, like Phil Thompson, Ronnie Whelan, Paul Walsh, Paul Robbins, like it was like the, it was like the England's, it was like the England team, and it was Liverpool's reserve team, and it's still one of my most favourite memories from football. It was, uh, it was oh, I can imagine, I can imagine. Well, listen, I'm going to dig deep into some of those, some of the wins a bit in a, in a, in a minute. But um, Gary, what was your um, what was your journey to Stagmado? Um, well, basically, I was just playing park football when I was 15, 16. And then um, I ended up going to Viking Sports. Yeah. And as a 16, 17-year-old, I went, played a few games under 18s, and they put me straight in the first team. Right. Which was, yeah, it was a bit, because I, I was only, I wasn't a big lad, as in height or 
physique. And then after a season or so there, Uxbridge, a couple of my mates were at Uxbridge, Phil Duff and Colin Smith, and and they said, why don't you come to Uxbridge? So I went and Ron Clack and Johnny Baker were, um, they were there then. That's how long ago it was. And uh, I ended up playing for them. And I went straight in the first team at 17, 18. Absolutely loved it. And then um, Brian Caterer come along and said, do you want to come to Windsor? Come over to Windsor. You know, it's a change. And Colin as well. And they said, and we feel Phil Duff is coming as well. So I went, yeah, why not give it a go? And we went and, and had an absolute ball. How did Brian sell it to you? Because I remember, I'd say I remember, uh, I, was, I was one year old at the time, but um, how did Brian sell it to you in terms of, like, <laughs> Windsor were... Well, Windsor you know, were, you've, had some you've met Brian, year. haven't you? Well, you true. Yeah, 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 well, true. Well, you did, mate. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And he's one of them blokes, you know, and he'd say, you, you always get your job in the council. You know what he was like. He was... <laughs> and, and, and Colin was like his, you know, right-hand man. Colin, I could never take serious. It's Colin to give you a bollocking, but he'd be laughing as he's doing it. <laughs> you could never take... He was... And they, the pair of them worked off each other. They were really absolutely brilliant. I loved them. But we had... A, I had a, I'm not even sure how long I played. I've got a, a program, all my me, me, um, notes out, so I could remember actually who was actually playing with me in them days, because it was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You're talking about... Well, you know, people were like... Obviously, Mitch, Roger Harris, Andy Painter, Phil Duff, Kevin, they all could, Lance Goodhugan. You remember Lance Goodhugan? Yeah, yeah. Keith, Keith Beckett and Weverly, you know, people like that. And we had great times. I had, a, I think, two years there. And then, of course, your, your dream, Charlton come in for me. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, you had, a, you had a trial, a month-long trial at, at Charlton. How did that come about? Yeah. Well, we see, me and Kev Hilly have a bit of a dispute. He reckons they come, they mixed it, me and him up. I thought, <laughs> how can you mix us up? I, I'm long, long ginger hair and you're three foot six. And he said, anyway, I went, ended up going there, month's trial like that. We've, they've been watching me a couple of weeks, they reckon. So I went there, had a month's trial. They said, yeah, we offer you an 18-month contract. As a plasterer's labourer and a part-time football, what do you do? Of course you're going to do it, isn't you? Yeah, yeah. I lost I lost money by doing it. I mean, the club, I think, got five grand for me, transfer fee, and they brought a pool table with it or something. <laughs> and I was getting £80 a week. And win bonus if you won. We didn't win many because... We got relegated the second year, I think. But you're playing against people like Billy Bonds, Trevor Brookin, Frank Worthington. You know, you're playing against all the Archie Gemmell. You know, players like that of that calibre. You never, in your lifetime, you you wish. And I I was doing that, even though it was only the them days. It's second division, wasn't it? Mm. First division, second division, third. Yeah, it was a second division. But West Ham were the top team then. And Crystal Palace, team of the eighties. Remember the Vince Alaire and yeah, Jim Cannon. Yeah, yeah. And, well, Terry Terry Venables was the coach, and I made me debut. I turned up because, as you know, Phil, every home game you have to go to the games to watch. Yeah. So I t- I turned up, walked in the dressing room to check in to say I'm here. Andy Nelson threw me a shirt, 
I went, what's what's this all about? He said, you, you're playing against Crystal Palace. And I thought, Jesus Christ, I've come, you know, I ain't only been here six weeks, come from Plant of Windsor, and now i am got to go out, Steely Kemba and, you know, Plant of Palace, Vince Lair. So I didn't have time to get nervous because they'd done it really well. They just said, you're playing when I got there. Nothing during the week or nothing. So, and Andy Nelson... He, for some reason, he thought I could clump people all the time. He, he used to just basically say to me, go out. I want you, Alan Demershire, I just want you to go through him, stop him playing and blah, blah. Anyway, getting back to the Crystal Palace game, first tackle, I nicked it off Stevie Kemba, played out wide our winger, he whipped it across and we won nil up. We first, what, three or four minutes of professional football, I've nicked the ball and we're, we're one nil up against Palace. So I think we got beat 3-1 at the end, but that don't matter. That's just an initial. But then the following week, I turn up at the ground, Charlton, and I walked out the tunnel, have a look at the pitch, and this bloke walked past me. I thought, I know him. And I walked out and then it's got a big sign, welcome to the big match. So against West Ham, it was next day on the Sunday, I played... I shouldn't have, but I used to play Sunday football with all the boys as well, all my mates. <laughs> and I, I, I said in the pub, you know, after the game, I said, we'd stay and watch the football. They said, why? I said, because my team's on. We're playing West Ham and it's a big match game. So we all sat there and had a few beers and had a cheer. And, you know, just memories like that. Yeah, you can't, you can't beat it. Totally. Yeah. So, so how long were you at Charlton for? 18 months when we contract. Did they give me another one? I think it was 18 months, me original contract. I think they let me go after that. Because they got relegated in the third division. Right. And But, um, yeah, so then I went to Denmark. Mm. Jeff, we went on tour. We went on tour to Denmark. And Jeff Wood, the goalkeeper at Charlton, he got yeah. released the same time, but he had, he had a contact in Denmark and, and he rang me one day, do you fancy coming to Denmark? I said, of course I do. So three of us went, Martin Taylor, who was a goalkeeper as well, but he played up front in Denmark, which is another story. <laughs> and Jeff, and we we went over. Martin went to a, a second division club and played up front for him. And right. me and Jeff played for this first division club that had just been promoted. And they needed a goalkeeper and they needed... So we've we done that and we're playing like the Loudrop. Remember Brian Loudrop and his brother? Yeah, Michael Loudrop. Brian and Michael, wasn't it? Well, we played against Copenhagen and they played for them. And my coach said, Gary, I just want you to go out, stop uh, Michael Loudrop because he was the next big thing. Yeah, yeah. Just, just stop him playing. I don't care what you do. And Denmark's not like that. Denmark's, they get it, the sweeper gets it, he gives it the right back, he gives it the sweeper, left back sweeper, center, you know, it's like that. They just play and play. And then all of a sudden, they change pace and they attack and stop him playing. So basically, me and him, after about 60 minutes, both of us off. I didn't touch the ball, he didn't touch the ball, but I'd done my job. And you're playing in front of 25,000 people at that Copenhagen Stadium, which is a beautiful stadium. And Jess Brolson was out there at the same time. He was playing. Oh, yeah. Man United. So, that, yeah, then he went to Man United. 
and and I had a year and a half there, and then come back and I went to Willstone. Yep. And that was hard trying to because they were quite a Stuart Pierce was there, you know, in his younger days, and that, that was a good side. Ray Goddard was in goal, and I, I start put me up front one day. Ray Knowles, a striker, he got injured, and he said, "Gary, Alan Batsford." He said, "You're going up front." I went, "Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, you're, I don't care as long as I'm playing." Scored header. Always remember that. Don't score many headers, but but then I played the rest of the season. We won the Southern League and the Cup, which I scored an overhead kick. We won't talk about that. And I ended up after the game in just my shorts. I'd lost my, my boots, my socks, my shin pads and my shirt. Supporters, they run on and near enough strip me naked. <laughs> which which was, you know, they were just, I didn't, I didn't care. I didn't, you know, end of the season, you don't need your boots, do you? So, and then from Willstone, I went, bloody hell. I can't even remember. I played for Maidenhead. United with Brian Caterer again. I played for Woking with Brian Caterer. Yeah. And then I think I might have gone... Oh, Southall, of course, Mickey Burns. I played at Southall with mm-hmm. Mickey and Gordon Bartlett for a couple of years. And then I went to New Zealand to play, and that's the year they got in the Vars final. Because Les <laughs> Ferdinand was there. All about, all about timing. <laughs> yeah. But Mickey phoned me and said, will you, will you come, do you want to come back? Because I played in the earlier games. I said, no, it ain't fair. ain't fair on the lads. Yeah. I'm just going to fly and play at Wembley and then bugger off. No, I said, no, which, you know, that's what I'm like. I can't just shit yeah, on yeah. people, excuse my language, but yeah. And then where do I go then? I'll come back and I'll play, yeah, I'll play for Hayes. Then I'll go back to New Zealand and then I'll come back. And then that's that's about it. I stayed in New Zealand. Were you ever tempted to come back to Windsor at any point during those those non-league days? Um, no, because I think they changed because Brian and um, Brian left, didn't he? Because I yeah. think Chappie Chappie took over, did he? Yes. Who, who took over? Yeah, Jeff. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of the lads had moved on. It weren't the same. Lads, and I'm one of them. Like when I went to Vikings, because I was really shy, and the guy that took me there, we got there late, and they're training in the gym. And I walked up the window, looked in, I said, I'm not going in. He just pushed me through the door, and I've stumbled in there like an idiot. And everyone stopped what they're doing and looked at me. And you know, that was horrified for me because I was very shy. I hated all that, and I wouldn't have gone in if he hadn't pushed me in. And I'd have missed out on things like that. So, yeah, I'm not one of them players I could just turn up at a club and walk into a dress room and I didn't know anyone. Yeah. Now, yeah. I'm yeah. different. But but in, when I was younger, I was very shy. And but, and then went to New Zealand, played, as I said, Takapuna, Waitakere, which, as Phil knows, they're National League teams, and Mount Wellington and Glenfield. And later years, yeah, finished off at Glenfield which was great okay. and that's basically yeah and I play over here I, I played one up till I was 60 and over 35s right which, which get, gets a bit niggly because <laughs> you get some you know, real good ex-pros and you know 
and it gets a bit full on. And you're not supposed to go flying into tackles in over 35s, you know, but it, it happens. And I enjoyed that for a few years. And I've had a hip replacement, so that slowed me down a bit. Not much, but a little bit. <laughs> and, yeah, now my wife won't let me play anymore because, you know, you, when you get to 66, you've you got to be careful. There's always a sneak, so that is a, there's always a sneaky game in there somewhere, Gary. Uh, yeah, there's there might be soon. <laughs> She's in the room at the moment, so I can't say too much. <laughs> yeah, so that was about it. I've coached a bit, done a bit of coaching, which is very frustrating. As have you coached at all, Phil? Yeah, I um I co- I coached Wellington United um for a season. We had a coach called Jack Pocoutron. Um yeah, I know, I know Jack. Yeah, and uh, he got the sack, and I was I was his assistant. I was a player assistant coach, and yeah. then I, I ended up taking that for the rest of the season. But um, I'd sort of started working, and you know, you're trying to build a, a career after football, um, and and coaching at that sort of at the national league level was just too too much. So I've done that, but also my boys when when I moved to Australia. I've got three boys and they, they wanted to start playing here. So um, to, I, I got them into a, a club because we arrived sort of mid-season and all the clubs were full. But um, so it was a really low, uh, it was a new club that was formed for kids that sort of couldn't get in at, at other clubs. And yeah. so I took I took that club um, and coached them from under 11s up to under 18. So I had them for a, a whole period that they, they asked me to coach they didn't know that I played football it's just they needed a dad to coach these kids and um and it was fantastic because you, you know we, we went from something like under 11 f or whatever it was to under 18 a's do you know what I mean like we took the same yeah. group of kids on a, on a journey so so that that was the enjoyable part of coaching but uh but uh the the, the men's side of things I, I only had a season and a half of doing it well, I don't blame it. The men are worse than the kids. You know, we used to have FA Cup final night at our house. We used to have a projector on the wall and they'd all come round. We'd have our, a game, we'd go have a few beers, all go back to my house and they still talk about them days now. Because <laughs> football, football is, whatever level you play at, is social. You've got to have yeah. a good social part, otherwise the team don't bond. Like Windsor, when I was there, me, Kevin Hill and Smithy and Duffy, we used to go out a lot, you know. But we we worked hard at our training and our games, so, you know, you're allowed. But we used to... You, you probably remember Bailey's at Watford. Sort of a nightclub. We used to go, three or four of us, and have a great time. And then you turn up the training on Tuesday and tell all the boys what you've been doing and all that. And Great times. Now, non-league football, for me, is... I preferred non-league football to anything I'd done at Charlton or because you're you're part of the uh, pro clubs. If you're not, a, you're just a number. Right. You know, I only played 18 first-team games, which I cherish. I you know you can't take any of that away. Played a lot of reserve football, but when you play at Windsor and that, you you're a unit. Everyone's together. Yeah. At Charlton. Everyone goes home to their wives or the kids and the, everything. Where at Windsor we'd go clubbing, we'd you know 
we go at the clubhouse and have a drink. It don't happen so much in we didn't in Charlton. They'd all go home or whatever. So I did miss my semi-pro days, and the same in New Zealand. It was brilliant. The you know the team, the the bonding is just yeah. Loved it. And because I was always a bit older in New Zealand, older than most of them, it was, you know, they'd, they'd look up to you a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, it was special times. I do miss me football. Every day, I'm, you know, you miss playing. I, I don't know whether you still play, Phil, do you? No, I talk a good game, but I don't I don't get on the pitch anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but you you must miss it. But I'm like I'm 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 pretty involved with Melbourne Victory in the A League here now. These days, oh, okay, when, yeah. these days just as a sponsor. Um, but I've been involved with them from day one, even when we were forming the club. So I sort of get my involvement with it by being involved with a club like Melbourne Victory in the A League. So that's yeah, uh, oh, that's I'm your sure. yeah, that's I'm your fix. Uh, well, it, it's. I think it, I don't know if it's an ego thing. I, you know, you, you you just want to be involved with it because it doesn't matter what you do today. I mean, I sell pain for a living, but um, I, I, you still think of yourself as a footballer, and you want to be part of what's going on. And and you know, so I think it's. I think it is an ego thing, <laughs> but I, I just I just love like I, I I I'm at every game for Melbourne Victory, and uh, I, I yeah, yeah. Well, my son plays. He's. 26. He's a goalkeeper, though. All the positions in the world I I wouldn't play, <laughs> even though I did once. For Hayes, um, we played Hendon in the FA Cup and Ian Dowie. Remember Ian Dowie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he was a new in Newcastle as well with Shearer. Yeah. Well, him and Reggie Lever, you, you know Reggie Lever as well? Yeah, good centre-half. Well, him and Dowie went for it and it was all on. And of course, people, Paul Hyde, goalkeeper Hayes at the time, come running in. He got sent off. I think four or five got sent off. So I volunteered to go and goal. So Hyde, he gave me his gloves. And Miles too big because I've only got little hands. And I thought, oh, sod down. Put them in the goal, mate, in the goal. Half time come, I've gone. Come back to get them, they're gone. The crowd had jumped over the fence and nicked it. And he was spewing because they're not cheap goalkeepers' gloves. <laughs> so Heidi was spewing it, where night and all that. So that was my only goalkeeping highlight. But and I didn't let a goal in though. Phil, you mentioned earlier uh about coaching and stuff. One of the coaches you'd have played under was Alf. How inf- and I'm, I'm assuming Alf must have been quite influential for you from um, your army days and obviously your period at Windsor as well. Like, what did you, you learn from someone like Alf? Well, the thing about Alf was, and it doesn't matter where I'd played even before that, I'd never met a coach that the coaches all used to do in those days was just rev you up, get out, kick the shit out mm. of them, sort of thing. It was that, it was that sort of thing. And I was a centre forward, so like you know, you were just it was just about the physical side of it. When when we started playing, especially these games against the French, Alf started teaching you systems. So it wasn't you're meant to know your own position. That that's fine, but it started teaching you positions and and how a style of play that he wanted you to play. And even how you should receive and turn 
to get into the positions that you want to do. So it was the first coach that I'd ever had that actually um, uh, started talking tactics and, and style of play and whatever. It was really, really influential. I remember when I did my uh, coaching badges, I was, I was with, so Al, so Alf was the coach on my coaching badge. Yeah. And um, there was two Fulham players, uh, Roger Brown, who was a big centre-half, and Ray Lewington. Yeah. And and the thing, and so, and, and Ray Lewington was a cracking midfield player. Um, I don't know if you ever played against him, Gary, but he was, he was. Yeah, uh, he's my age group. Yeah. We, yeah, we used to play in the district sides. Yeah, and Alf would be, we'd be doing the coaching sessions and whatever, and Alf would be teaching these guys things that even they hadn't heard of before. So um, so Alf was huge um, on me, and, and effectively the way, the style that he played and, and, and the way that we played, that's when I was coaching teams, I just replicated that. So mm-hmm. it was it was, you know, it, 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 it stuck with me all the way through. So it was a, it was, it was brilliant, Alfie. Alf, you know, absolutely brilliant. A couple more questions for you on your time at Windsor. Obviously, at the time we mentioned some of the names earlier. That the Windsor had some brilliant strikers when you were there, like as you mentioned, Chris Yates, Ross, um, Steve Butler, Dave Lansley. How good was it playing with those guys? And did the competition? for places kind of help raise all of your games? Yeah. I mean, I, I ended up playing most of my, most of my games with, so it was with myself and, and Chris Yates up front and Ginge playing, Steve Butler playing office. There's a, yeah. there's a, you know, the number 10 or whatever you'd call it these days. But um, as I say, Rossi was pretty much injured all the way through. He did come back for the Brentford game. Um, yep. When we when we played and I, and I ended up playing on the right wing um, on the, on that on that particular game, but um, the, the way I mean you, you, you always felt I mean Dave Lansley um, I think had played a lot of games the season before, and when I came in he didn't get so many games, so you you always you know it, you, you've got camaraderie in the team as as uh, Gary sort of saying and and like if when you're there and you're playing. Um, you always feel a little bit guilty about it, but it was a, it was a great. You know, we had Colin Smith um, and Bob King as the, the centre halves, and they were two great characters. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Barron was in in the midfield uh, with, with Chapman. Um, you know, it was a it was it was actually a, a really good team. And remember, I'd come from um, Waterlooville who were in the Southern League and, and um, they had a lot of ex-Pompey players playing down there. And yep. and, and, I, and I thought we had a pretty good team down at Waterlooville, but this Windsor team were a different level again. Um, yeah. Not not the league that we were playing in. I think it was this, this me and one, I think it was at the, yeah. at the time. But um, but playing great, just really good football, good athletes, good football, good footballers. Now, one question I've got to ask you, apparently you... Before making your debut, you had a bit of a, a long suspension. What did what yeah. did you do? What did you do to get the long suspension? I, I, Is there I a different remember, story there? So one, I'm a Geordie, and two, I was a centre forward, <laughs> and uh, I, I got. I, I, do, you know, do you know what it is? I actually can't. I can't remember. Um, I was trying to remember because because I, I was trying to remember this thing about when I left. Um, Waterlooville and I was I was actually suspended for the first six games 
Um, I, I, I've got a memory that I that I went up for a header and headbutted somebody accidentally and got sent off. Uh, like there was it was something like that. It was actually wasn't intentional, but I ended up I ended up with a. Um, uh, I started with a, 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 an injury at the beginning of the season and a, and a suspension, and I was out for the first six weeks or something like that. And that that's that's when uh, Alfie said, "Well, come and come and join us at uh, at uh, Windsor." <laughs> I think I, I, I've only ever been sent off um, three times in my life, um, and and one of them was that suspension, which I I didn't think I deserved at the time. <laughs> <laughs> now I know obviously both of you only had a kind of short period at, at Stag Meadow, but. When you do look back at, at your period at Windsor, what did what did you enjoy most about the club and you know kind of what to you made Windsor quite a special club? Um well like I said, Brian and Colin brought a I found a great atmosphere within the club. I mean, they weren't the best coaches, but they surrounded themselves with good players. And because they were very likable chaps. Yep. You 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 play for them, and because they surround themselves with good players, and I think sometimes, especially Brian as well, he was paying a couple of players money out of his own pocket, you know, to to keep these this team together. Deep down, me, I it's always great playing professional football, but I really missed, like I said earlier, really missed that that camaraderie and all that. Yeah. But Windsor, the pitch in them days was sh- shocking. Because <laughs> it's it had that bit of a slope on it, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a bowling green now. It's genuinely a bowling yeah, apparently, green. Yeah. And I'd like to say, some of these pictures I've got here from the old days, the pitch was just like the cows have been running over it before. I don't know what it's like when you got there, Phil, but it was not the best. And because we trained on it quite a lot as well, but even yeah. the little bar, you know, it was, it's not a massive big place. And it was just, yeah, it's one of my, I played for a few teams, but that's one of my favourite clubs I've ever played for. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on this. I, yeah. I really mean it. It was, it was great. And everyone wants to play professional football, but it, you know, if, if I had me time again, I'd have stayed at Windsor. Because say after I left as well, they had an awful lot of success. Massive, yeah, totally. And yeah, yeah. That, you know, the Athenian League, I think it was the Athenian League we was in when I was there. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, and, yeah, and reading some of these things, we've done really well in the, the bars. Some weird cup names I've never even heard, Burks and Bucks Cup, and, you know, things like, you know, I forgot all about till I've actually got it out and had a look at it. But, yeah. If the end of time again, I'd I'd definitely play for Windsor again, even with a dodgy pitch. <laughs> and and like you just said, it's like Wembley now. So, but that well, was that feel. was something I forgot. I forgot to mention. Sorry. Oh no, go for it. When I play for when I play for Uxbridge, the chief administrator at the FA was on the board at Uxbridge, and we got to play at Wembley on a Sunday morning against England before they. Played in the World Cup in 1974, I think. They played Italy. They said to us, tomorrow, bring your boots in, early Sunday morning. And we all turned up, 
got on the bus. Next thing, we're driving through, because the old Wembley, driving through the big gates. And next minute, we're in the change room, and there's a bar for every person. It's a big bar. Amazing. And next minute, we're out playing against England. And Ray Wilkins, I used to play with him in the, the rep sides, and he was playing, obviously, for England in them days. Mick Shannon, Peter Schill, it was Don Revy was a coach. And we played at Wembley. We got beat 4-0, I think. And we had the first chance. Stephen Church used to play for us because he went through one-on-one with a keeper. And the keeper saved it. We'd have gone one up, should have gone one up. And we got beat 4-0, I think. But that was, it was empty. There's no one there. But I've never played on a pitch so big. It seemed, because cause the grass is just amazing. You, you, you do your warm-up, you're knackered. Because it's it just sucks all your energy out of you. The grass is like well, spongy. It's amazing. But that was and we played them again in the week at a school, just on a you know in a school away from everybody. We, they all give us all their track suits, Umbro track suits. It was yeah, brilliant. Because I knew Butch Wilkins anyway. We were you know mates growing up. And we sat, we got a team photograph and we sat next to each other in the photograph. It's just something you never, ever forget. It's always there, you know. So that was, yeah. Sorry to change the subject. But no, 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 not at one. all. I absolutely love that story. And I guess the lesson there is uh, to players, you n- never miss a training session, right? Because you never know where that yeah. training session could end up. Yeah, well, that was basically it was. Coming tomorrow, we're going, we didn't know we were going to Wembley. You know, and it was in, until we drove through the gates that, you know, next minute you're in the changing room and it's, you know, you got your own little wardrobe and stuff like that. It was so special. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Phil, I'm not yeah. sure you can top that, mate. No, I don't. But uh, I, mean, um, I mean, the thing for me was, as I said, so I was in the army with Ginger Butler, Dickie Briggs, and, and of course Alfie as well. So to me, it was playing with a bunch of mates at a really good level. And it, you know, it doesn't matter what club you're at sometimes. You always think that the team that you're at are world beaters and, and you can beat anybody. But but I think that team that we had at that time could have beaten anybody. It was a it was a, a really top team. And even though we got slaughtered by Brentford in the in the FA Cup, um, we actually can't thought we gave them a, a pretty decent game. It was just we it was just the goals were going on against us that day. But it's um but you know, the end of season thing, um, the picture I've got up there with uh, with Prince Philip at the at the Windsor pub coming along to the to the the end of season do and and all of those sort of things. It was just a just it was a great time. You were young. I was I don't know what I was 22, 23, I think at the time, and um, it was good football, good social, and and because we were in the army, we couldn't always go training every week. Um, certainly not twice a week. Sometimes depending depending on what it was. Um, and my my brother was actually living in Windsor, so it was um, it, that that also helped me as, yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah. And my brother lived there, and um, it was it was just just a just a really enjoyable time. And you know, in football or life, at times can be can be difficult or challenging. So it's always nice when you got a nice environment. You got a Good bunch of guys that that you know the there was I don't think there was too many egos in, in the team there but it was it was a great team environment and um I've got I, I'll tell you I'll tell you one of my funniest memories at playing at Windsor 
Cool. I've been playing for the army. Um, I think we we played in a bit of a tournament, and I'd played about three or four games. And um, so Windsor so were playing on something like a Wednesday night. And so Alfie said, "Look, I'm not going to play you because you've just played these three games." And so, so you know, um, I, I'll, I'll leave you. I'll, I'll leave you. Bring bring your stuff. We'll, we'll sit on the bench just in case we sort of need something. But the night, but the night before, because you know, I, I knew I wasn't going to play, we're at a pub and um, they had one of these yard of ale drinking competitions. And so we started, <laughs> we started doing this drink a yard of ale thing, which I was bloody useless at. And um, so I've, I've had about, I don't know how many of the yard of ales I had trying to get, trying to get this thing. But anyway, so I've turned up for the game the next day and I was feeling sick as a dog. And Alf, and somebody was injured, and and this and, and Alfie's kind of, <laughs> I need you, you, you need to, you need to go. And he didn't know I'd been out drinking or anything like that. And um, and and he, and he said, look, I'm going to put you on the right wing because I, I, you know, because I, I was, I was a decent runner in those days, and uh, he just wanted me to go up and down the wing and whatever. And I reckon I had one of the best games I've ever had all season. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, I said to Ginge, we should, we should, we should go on another yard of ale before every game and say. Well. <laughs> now, listen. When you both look back at your time wins, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Who was the best player you played with? I've got two. Yeah, um, Chris, Chris Yates. Was a yeah. top top striker, and Steve Butler because not because he was my my mate, but he's one of the most skillful players I've, I've played against. Uh, and he went on to play. He went on to a successful league career. Yeah, he, well, Brent Brentford signed him, and then he went to Watford, um, Cambridge, uh, Gillingham, and he he became Peter Taylor's um, right hand man. He was so he he, he was he was a coach at. Uh, at Hull City, um, quite, quite a, wherever Peter Taylor went, he took uh, he took Ginge with him as well. So he, he was a just a skillful player, like different sort of player. And you like, you know, you, sometimes he gets slaughtered by the crowd because he's work rate and whatever. But then he just turns somebody and score a goal. So um, so him and Chrissy Chrissy Yates, I think, was a top top striker. Yeah, 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 yeah. What about you, Gary? Uh, probably John Mitchell one. I really, I really rated him, and probably Smithy. Yeah, Colin Smith, because I played with him at Artsbridge as well, and he come over, and yeah, there was a lot. I mean, you had Alan Few, Alan Few. You remember him? I mean, he was mm. old then, so he must be seventy now. Odd. Mm. Um, Roger, Roger um, Harris. Hang on, I've got it. Roger Harris, yeah, yeah, um, and then you got who Andy Painter. He was a character, Andy Painter. He was again, it, it pranks all the time. You know, there's a photo. I don't know whether you. I think I'll comment. There's a photo, a team photograph, and he's got his foot up at me backside. Why? <laughs> and of course, I've gone over with a silly smile on my face and they took the photo and it's a team photo and it looks ridiculous. But Andy's got his foot halfway <laughs> up my backside. That was what he was like all the time. He Again, he'd, he'd be sitting in the corner and he'd be serious. You'd lose him 2-0 at half time and 
it'd be it come out with something really stupid, you know, but it it relaxes the atmosphere. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I'd rather that than like Mickey Burns used to throw cups of tea at you. But where Andy used to make it fun and you could relax with well, the other way it don't do a lot to me but for me but the funny you know when they make fun of things it, it relaxes you and then you start again you fo- refocus it a bit more but yeah i i sorry I've, I've got one more story i forgot all about it's go for quite it. funny go for it when i was at charlton yeah one night one night i got a phone call i said Hello, he said. Hi, Gary. It's Bobby Moore here. I I won't swear. I went f off, Bobby Moore. Hang on a minute, he said. And his daughter come on the phone. Said hello, Gary. It is Bobby Moore. I'm his daughter. He was coach at. Remember, he, he managed Oxford United or Oxford City. Yes, yes. He was ringing me for me. He wanted to sign me to go and play for Oxford. And I said, F off. And then he come back on. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I did. You know, I, I thought it was my mates winding me up. <laughs> and I didn't go. And I, that's another regret. I wish I had a done. Yeah. Just for the, you know, because I was on my way out from Charlton. Obviously, they're giving permission to talk to me. And I wish I, I had a gone because that would have been, Something to tell the grandkids. That's yeah, hundred sure. percent. Yeah, yeah. So that was, you know, you, as you talk, the more you talk football, you can sit here for four or five hours talking about football, and things <laughs> come up in the back of your head. So, yeah, totally. Well, this is my final we- question to both of you. Is going to be when you look at football today, how do you think both of you would have? have been in, in today's game? Do you think like your styles back then, um, you know, you'd have thrived in football, the way football is today? Or do you prefer, do you, when you think, mm, do you know what, I much prefer football in my day? Um, I'll, I'll well, start on that one. So as a, as a centre forward in my day, you used to play with your back to the goal. Um, yeah. Whereas strikers today, basically are playing, running at the goal more than, more than, than playing your back back to it and um so it's a it, it's you know defenders are so good and the, and the 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 defenses are so tight it's a it's a touch and a turn that, that sort of gets you that, that that bit of space um I was okay in those tight areas um but so I I I, I don't know the, the amount of running that you do as a runner so I think I could play in this in this level um but it was a different game as a centre four. You you for you were up there holding it up and and people battering there at the back of you sort of thing. The the it's not. I don't think it's as as physical in that way. The game's not as physical. I mean, it's, the game's always physical, but um, you, the size of the centre halves, the physical builds of them. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not that big for a centre forward. I was, I was five foot eleven. I wasn't that. I wasn't that big for a centre forward. And you were more of a battering ram sort of thing. So that that the the difference being that today you have the fast, quick strikers that, that are looking to get forward. We were hold up players, and it was a totally, totally, totally different sort of game. But uh, but I think I think I could have, have adopted. Is the game better today? You know, you, you watch Man City. You watch, you watch 
Guardiola's team that passes around. I mean, the other the other night, forty six passes to to go and get a goal. Um, that's a bit too much over kill for me. Um, I, I I I don't mind a bit of a long ball stuff and a bit of chase. I quite, <laughs> I, quite I quite enjoy a mixture of all of that. And I think the Liverpool team of the of the seventies and eighties were a mix of that. They could play the ball, but then if they wanted to go along, then then they could. So um, today the game is so tight with these defenses. They're so, they're so good that you, it's more technical to break it down. Um, I'd get bored with that. I, I played in Germany. Germany was like that. It was all very technical, a pass, pass, pass. And uh, I just want to get in and, and chase things and get, get stuck in. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what about you, Gary? Sorry. Yeah, well, I'm the same as Phil. I I think if I played now, I don't think I'd be – I wouldn't play 20 games a season because I was quite physical. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I love playing against centre-forwards at back in the air and – yeah, I loved all that. I loved the the contact, and but nowadays, some of them, mate. Honestly, I get embarrassed because because we live in Australia, as you know, Phil. They're always on about soccer's a, you know, the Aussies, and I I argue with them all the time because, but when you see people rolling around and rolling and rolling, you sometimes you're thinking, well, I can't argue with that because that you know. In the old days, you never rolled around. You took the clump and got up and played. Yeah. And being a centre forward like you were, Phil, you you would have took many, but you didn't roll around. No. What you, you look at some of them now, it does get a bit embarrassing. For being in the country, it's not football orientated so much. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd prefer. I'd love to be able to play on these lovely pitches we've got now. You know, where our ones were, even down the middle, it was just mud, even professional level. And down the wings, you had a bit of grass, and that was it. Now it's just lush all over. But I, I don't mind the physical stuff, I must admit. But I played up front like you feel occasionally as well, and you do get a lot of smashes in the back, down the back of your shit, you know, back of your Achilles and all that. But you know, you recover and away you go again. Yeah. Yeah. I I I prefer in my in the when I played than today, yeah. I don't think I'd last last long. Listen, gents, but, thank you so much for today. I've really enjoyed the conversation and um, you know, it's just great to to, to share the memories. Um, because, you know, you guys were both an important part of the club's history. So thank you for taking the time. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks, mate. It's been an absolute absolute pleasure to to speak to both of you because this brings memories back, like you say. Watching all your podcasts, like Kevin Hill and Smithy, I've been up getting John Mitchell. The ones I know, I've been watching. And and I've been panicking like hell. Thinking I'm going to be in this same position, you know. <laughs> and just want to say thank you as well to everyone for downloading, and um, look forward to bringing you another guest in a in a few weeks' time. <laughs>